Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say. Your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. It's time to play like a jet with your host, Scott Mason. Play like a jet. What does that mean? Makai Becton, ladies and gentlemen, human beings that large should not run as fast as Makai Becton did. And if you like people just abusing other humans, the Makai Becton tape is for you. Denzel Mims with another monster score of 70 yards. Quick pass to Crowder trying to get him out of the space. Slopes a tackle, and there he goes. Crowder, it's a foot race, and Crowder is in there. A 69-yard touchdown. Donald escapes, trying to buy himself some time. Fires, end zone, it's caught. Incredible play by Donald. He'll hit immediately when he got the handoff. You know and what? it's the Q-inator. Oh my gosh. Listen, thank you. From the TOJ Digital Studio, this is Play Like a Jet. My name is Scott Mason. You can follow me on Twitter at PlayLikeAJet1. And it's Wednesday, which means it's time for Midweek with Manish. Manish Mehta covering the Jets for the New York Daily News. Manish, last week we broke huge news on the show. As we were recording, we found out that Le'Veon Bell was A, being shopped, and then B, actually released. So this all happened pretty quickly. Let's talk about the other move that happened now. Nowhere near as big as Le'Veon Bell, but Steve McClendon gets traded to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. The Jets don't get much, but it's better than nothing. Talked about this on the post-game podcast Sunday after the game between the Jets and the Miami Dolphins. This isn't a big trade, but I think the fact that the Jets are trading the heart and soul of the locker room, the guy who is the most respected veteran on the entire team, tells you a little bit about where their heads are at as far as the rest of the season and what they think is realistically possible at this point. Yeah, look, it's 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 a clear admission that uh, the the rest of this season, in terms of wins and losses, doesn't necessarily matter. Now, uh, Steve McClendon, as you said, you know, great leader, uh, respected guy uh, among all the players and coaches and front office, to be honest. Uh, you know, just a, a a perfect guy you would want in your locker room. But he's 34 years old. This is clearly the end for him. He gets an opportunity to reunite with Todd Bowles in Tampa and uh, make a playoff run there. Uh, I, look, I thought this, the move made a lot of sense. They didn't get much in return, a 2022 sixth-round pick from Tampa. The Jets also have to ship off a 2023 seventh-round pick. So these are day three picks a couple years down the road. So Joe Douglas does get something in return. Obviously, uh, you know, at least obvious to me, there wasn't going to be any kind of market for Steve McClendon. And, again, the Jets are 0-6, so you get you know some some value down the road for a player – 
that uh, you don't necessarily need right now. You also have an opportunity now to give more snaps to Foley Fadakasi, who showed some promise last year, and uh, a couple other guys along that interior. So I thought it was, it was a move that made sense. Uh, you know, I've criticized Joe Douglas uh, for a lot of decisions that he's made since taking over. Uh, I'm not going to criticize him for this. Yes, McClendon is a, a respected person in that locker room, but the Jets are going nowhere. He's at the twilight of his career. If anything, you know, I thought it was, I thought it was a nice gesture by Joe Douglas to you know have this player finish out his career, uh, possibly making a Super Bowl run. As you mentioned, McClendon now reunites with Todd Bowles in Tampa Bay, and Todd Bowles has been doing an amazing job with Tampa Bay's defense. They destroyed Aaron Rodgers on Sunday, something that a lot of people didn't think was even possible. You have to figure that Todd Bowles is going to get a ton of interviews this offseason and probably offers to be a second-time head coach. It's just going to be a matter of whether or not he wants to go somewhere or stay in this great situation he has in Tampa where he's got a really good defense that he's working well with, and he's got his surrogate father as his boss, so there's an incredible relationship there. I would imagine it would have to be a perfect situation for him to leave. But I think with Todd Bowles, it's interesting, Manish, and it's worth discussing in the context of Adam Gase. A lot of times, guys like Todd Bowles, if they get fired and go right to another job, for instance, Adam Gase, or what happened with Rex Ryan, Eric Mangini when he went to the Browns, it doesn't work out well. Now, it's different if we're talking about somebody like Andy Reid, who was a longtime head coach, successful, but there were personal issues and he just needed to move on and there had to be a change of scenery. That's a different story than something like what I'm describing. Bowles has been gone for two years from being a head coach. He's had time to reflect. He's had time to lick his wounds. He can watch Arians again and see where he failed in terms of building staff, strategy, so on and so forth. So I think he set up well to succeed a second time. Doesn't guarantee that he will, but I think that there's at least a strong chance that he's learned from the first time. And so I'm not saying that he's definitely going to be an excellent head coach second time around, but all the pieces are in place now for it to at least be a distinct possibility. You brought up a great point. Uh, it was a point that you know others brought up when the Jets hired Adam Gase. You know, uh, would it behoove him uh, from a career standpoint to take a step back uh, a year, two, maybe even longer, to just you know truly assess how he did as a head coach, what his strengths and weaknesses were, how he could improve if he did in fact get a second opportunity. But it, it is tough for coaches to take that route and. You know, once you're once you get that taste of being a head coach, uh, there's two concerns. One is it's very difficult to get that taste out of your mouth. You know, you're you're in charge. It's your show. You're running it. So you don't want to give that up if you have another opportunity. Uh, and secondly, you don't know when the next opportunity is going to come. Uh, you know, would there have been any guarantee for Adam Gase that he would have gotten another head coaching job uh, if he? tried to quote-unquote rehabilitate his image as offensive coordinator for a year or two no there's not you know it's, it's easy for is for us to say uh that's the better course of action and i think in a vacuum that's true uh you do want to have time to reflect it and and grow and evolve and you can't do that when you jump into a new situation i don't think but uh but these jobs are you know they're tough to come by and if you get an opportunity to to jump right in to a head coaching job, I don't fault anyone for taking that uh, 
taking that road. You know, I didn't fault that. I didn't fault uh, Rex Ryan for doing that when he went right to Buffalo. I didn't fault Adam Gase for doing that when he, you know, went right from Miami to the Jets. But uh, you know, just circling back to what you said about Todd Bowles, uh, you know, I think he is going to get job interviews. Uh, you, know, you know, barring some kind of defensive collapse over the last ten weeks in Tampa, you know, this defense has done really well. They were the best uh, defense against the run last year in Bowles' first season with Bruce Arians. I think the ideal scenario would be for him to take over for Arians in Tampa, but you know that gets a little bit complicated because if Tampa doesn't make the playoffs this year, obviously Tom Brady's not the future at quarterback. So who knows what happens in that organization? Uh, if, however, they do make the postseason and even you know go deeper, you know maybe the Super Bowl, and Bruce Arians decides to you know, ride off into the sunset. I think Bulls would be a natural choice to take over for him, but there's just so many variables at play. You don't know. Uh, I agree that uh, Bulls, uh, you know, should get an opportunity to interview for other jobs, and then you know it's up to him to to impress the folks, uh, press owners, and really make the right decision for him. Because ultimately, you cannot succeed in this league if you are not on the same page with ownership and the front office, general manager. Uh, you're just going to uh, create angst for yourself and. You know, Bowles is a is a good football man. He's a he's an exceptional defensive coordinator. Uh, I think he is a exceptional leader based on reviews that I've gotten from his players and his coaches, assistant coaches throughout the years. And I think he deserves another opportunity. Frankly, I hope he gets another opportunity because uh, you know, he's he's done a, a really good job since he left the Jets in a year and a half in Tampa. I, I think that's going to continue for the rest of this season and. Uh, I don't think you ever really want to judge a head coach if their only opportunities was with the Jets because the Jets have you know, their fair share of issues internally. And uh, you know, I don't think it's necessarily indicative that a guy uh, isn't a good head coach just because he didn't necessarily succeed in, with one tenure with the New York Jets. Lucky for us, Manish, Adam Gase has been a head coach in more than one spot. He hasn't only been the Jets head coach, so we can actually judge him fairly, I think. At this point, you had these rankings in the Daily News, and this is staggering. We all know it, but just to see it right in front of our faces, the Jets are 32nd in scoring, 30th in yards, 32nd in passing, 32nd in red zone efficiency, 32nd in third down efficiency, tied for 32nd in yards per play, 32nd in first downs, 32nd in number of punts, 32nd in first downs per play, 32nd in yards per point margin, 32nd in points per play margin, 32nd in rushing touchdowns, 30th in passing touchdowns, 30th in time of possession. And the only category where they're above number 30 in the league is rushing where they're 22nd. I'm not even sure how that's possible. Maybe garbage time rushing (laughs) helped out a little bit there. But my goodness, Manish, I understand that this roster is not flush with talent. Nobody's going to argue otherwise. But holy smoke, is this terrible. (laughs) Yeah, it's historically bad. Uh, Just listening to you read off the rankings is... You know, I was shaking my head, I, and I did the research, so I looked it up, but it didn't surprise me, but just hearing it out loud is unbelievable. It, the Jets are not just a bad team. This is a historically inept team, and uh, i got to give pro football talk. I think it was uh, Michael David Smith who writes for them. Uh, he did some research and found out that the Jets are actually on pace to have the worst point differential in NFL history. Right now, they're 
they've been outscored 185 to 75, and if you extrapolate that out for the remainder of the season, they would eclipse the 1976 Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I believe that was the first year of their existence in terms of worst point differential in the league. So this is a team that is not only losing, but getting blown out. It's non-competitive. That's a word that's been used over and over again over these first six weeks. But when you're 0-6, the only winless team in the NFL, and your average margin of defeat is 18.3 points, that is absolutely ludicrous. Just think about that. On average, they're losing by two-and-a-half touchdowns. <laughs> so that's what you should expect every week. You know, I, Look, I was fooled yet again when I actually thought the Jets would be competitive against Miami. I think the line was somewhere in the nine, nine-and-a-half point range, and I thought to myself – how can you be a nine and a half point underdog to a two and three team? I, I just, you know, I, I, I didn't think that they were going to get blown out. And then before you know it, it's twenty one nothing at halftime. So look, this is a, a terrible franchise right now. They're not just bad; they're a laughing stock. They're a punchline. Uh, I think that's when it really, you know, you really get to a dangerous spot when you're not just a bad team, but everyone's making fun of you. You know, the, the fan base incredibly has united. Uh, against the head coach and that's really uh that's just a toxic environment but it shouldn't be that way it's weeks we're we're coming up on week seven and the fan base is so uh united in their hate toward the head coach and that's where we've gotten to and it's it's unfortunate because uh, you know i i interact with plenty of fans on a daily basis and uh, you know, I, I feel I feel bad for the fans. I don't think any fan base, frankly, especially uh, such a loyal fan base like the Jets uh, have, should be subjected to this garbage week in and week out. Manish, all the stuff that we just read, all the numbers, all the sadness that came from hearing the numbers out loud, none of that matters because all the Jets need to do is win their one-on-one matchups and then they're going to be awesome. This, of course, according to Adam Gase, he spoke to the press yesterday. That was one of the gems that came out of that. What else did he have to say? Well, let me just dive into that real quick because that was pretty funny. It's, you know, you listen to Adam Gase and you keep scratching your head and you're, you're thinking to yourself, how are these words coming out of this man's mouth? He, he basically said that his offense repeatedly sees man-to-man coverage. Uh, opponents think that's the right way to go. And he says, well, look, you can get explosive plays if you beat your guy in, one, in one-on-one opportunities. Well, that's all true. However, why do you think opponents are doing that? They're doing that because they don't think that you can scheme up anything to beat one-on-one coverage, and perhaps more importantly, they don't think you have the players who can beat man, uh, beat one-on-one coverage consistently. And that's proven to be true. They don't have the players. They don't have anyone creative enough to scheme up uh, guys to get open. That's been abundantly clear with Gase. But they don't have players either. So there's a reason for why uh, defensive coordinators are saying, oh, let's play man. These guys don't have anyone that scares us. I mean, who scares, who scares you when you look at this roster, Brashard Perryman, that was one of the guys that Gase pointed out after the game, uh, uh, you know, how he was getting on track. I think he finished with 60-some-odd yards. Uh, most, if not all of that yardage was in garbage time in the fourth quarter when the game was gone, you know, some, some stat padding. Uh, the reality is when he looked at this offense, when they fell behind 24 nothing with about four minutes to go in the third quarter, the Jet offense had a total of 107 yards. 
and they were averaging fewer than three yards per play. Everything after that is meaningless. And the other noteworthy item that Gase discussed uh, the day after the game was uh, this notion that uh, you know he might consider giving up play calling duties. I'm glad, frankly, that he put that to bed. Uh, you know, he tossed out last week this notion that he might relinquish some of those play calling duties. But he was really in a lose-lose position because if he did, in fact, give the play calling duties to Jim Bob Cooter or Dal Loggins and the offense uh, did better, that would be an indictment on Gase, right? And if he handed over those play calling duties to Loggins or Jim Bob Cooter and the offense continued to stink, that wouldn't reflect well on Gase either. So he boxed himself into a corner. Uh, you know, I'm not quite sure why he even mentioned it last week. But uh, on Monday, he did say that he's got a lot of other things that he's got to take care of on offense. Uh, the play calling is step 10. Right now, he considers himself to be at step two. In other words, he's a long way away from seriously consider making that change. Frankly, I don't think that's going to happen unless ownership says, you got to do this or we're going to fire you on the spot. Uh, I, I don't see it happening. Uh, I think he's going to try to ride this out, and uh, obviously things aren't going to go particularly well for him the remainder of the season. And uh, the, you know, but he's going to hold on to that. I mean, that's what that's all he's got. Uh, we talked about this before, Scott. He's a terrible leader. Uh, he's a guy who doesn't inspire or galvanize anyone. He's a terrible communicator. Uh, he's a guy who uh, publicly says one thing, privately he consistently continues to trash his own players, his own head coach, his own front office, just to shield himself from blame. That's just who this guy is. He's a poison. He's always been a poison. And uh, it's unfortunate for the people in that locker room and that organization who truly want to turn things around because, frankly, they have no chance of turning things around as long as he's still in the building. All of those things are true about Gase, but I'd also like to point out that he's wrong about if the Jets could only win their one-on-one matchups, they would have prosperity because Rashad Perriman was winning one-on-one matchups all day and Flacco just couldn't hit him. All day long he was open and Flacco missed him multiple times. So even winning one-on-one matchups, this team isn't able to get out of its own way. And to add insult to injury, literally, we have a new name to add to the list of players that are banged up for the Jets and may miss some time. Alex Lewis got hurt in this game on Sunday, and now it looks like he's going to miss a couple of games. What's going on there, and where do we stand with the other injuries? Well, Gase describes Lewis as week-to-week. My understanding is that it's an AC uh, joint sprain. Uh, It's the same injury in, in some respects, I guess, that Sam Darnold has. So it comes down to pain tolerance. And Lewis is dealing with a couple other issues with his shoulder, too. Uh, I believe he tore his labrum when he was with the Ravens. And and, and that's not the situation now. Uh, I only brought that up because he has had shoulder issues before, uh, and he has been banged up before. He's a tough guy, but, uh, you know, this is asking a lot. So if you're saying off the jump that he's going to be week to week, uh, you know, it's fairly serious because this isn't a guy who – sits out uh, if he's just got some bumps and bruises. So it's unfortunate for him. Josh Andrews came in and played left guard uh, last week after Lewis left the game. We'll see how the rotation works out. But, you know, it's it's not a good offensive line. I know some people think that it's better than, uh, you know, I give it credit for. I think, you know, I'm looking at it from a pass protection issue standpoint. And, 
And I just know that, you know, Joe Flacco, while he is a statue, you know, he's not a guy who's going to escape a lot of pressure. He was under constant duress uh, the other day. Uh, and that's not something that I don't think is going to get markedly fixed. You know, maybe he can prove a little bit better. And certainly when you scheme things up, you can help your offensive line look better than it is. But I don't think Adam Gase is going to make these drastic changes in his scheme to to do that. So I think you're going to see Joe Flacco, and then ultimately whenever Sam Darnold comes back, I think you're going to see these guys under consistent heat for the remainder of this season. Uh, And speaking of Darnold, look, he's dealing with an issue that, causes him pain, you know, intermittently. So some days he'll feel good. Some days he won't feel so good. I, I go back to what I said when he initially got injured, which is there's no reason to rush him back. I know you want to evaluate him, uh, assuming you don't have the number one pick, to determine whether he is actually going to be a part of your future or not. But with an injury like this, it's better to err on the side of caution. It's better to be conservative. Uh, it's early in the week right now, so we'll find out. Uh, later, whether he's actually going to play against the Bills, uh, I, I think they should sit him out. I, I think the notion in the organization right when he got hurt was that this was going to be a multi-game injury. That's why I was surprised, frankly, that they did not put Darnold on IR after he got hurt. That would mean that he couldn't play or practice for three weeks. And again, I think the initial prognosis, at least my understanding, was that uh, you know from the people that I spoke to was that look he was going to miss more than one game so if he's definitely going to miss at least two games uh, why not put him on IR you're not going anywhere you weren't going anywhere before he got hurt remember they were 0-4 <laughs> after that Denver game so uh, I just thought that was a strategic blunder not putting him on IR I don't know if he's going to play this week or not I would not do it uh, Mackay Becton uh, it's really about how much strength he has back in his shoulder. And, Scott, you and I have talked about this, and we're in a complete agreement. They made a mistake by playing him four days after he got hurt in Indianapolis. That exacerbated the situation. Now he's missed at least two games. Uh, I would take the same approach with him that I would with Darnold, which is it's better to err on the side of caution. This is a guy who absolutely is going to be a part of your future, so why rush him back unless he's absolutely pain-free and has his full strength back? So we'll find out about those two guys. Denzel Mims is going to practice more in team periods this week. Uh, maybe he'll get an opportunity to actually get on the field for the first time. A couple other guys, Frankie Louvu and Chuma Ndoga, are dealing with injuries. But uh, the, you know, the, the three headliners, uh, in addition to Lewis, obviously, are Darnold, Becton, and Denzel Mims. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper, a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver? I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18. Plus. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. 
Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, lo. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino at chumbacasino.com. Choose from hundreds of social casino-style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Play like a jet. Play like a jet. Manish, I guess I'm just numb to these things at this point of the season, so it never even occurred to me that Joe Douglas should hold a press conference or address the media in some way after releasing Le'Veon Bell, but you made a compelling case in the Daily News that he dropped the ball by not doing this. It was a big move. You're talking about a guy who is the highest paid player on the team other than C.J. Mosley. He was a respected guy in the locker room, certainly somebody that the Jets had hoped to build around when they signed him. It became pretty clear this year that that was never going to happen. In fact, it became pretty clear last year, based on how Gase was using him, that it was never going to happen. But still, it was a big deal when they got him. You could make a case that it should have at least been addressed to the press when he was released unceremoniously. Instead, just a statement. Talk to me a little bit about your thoughts here. Well, look, generally speaking... I have always subscribed to the notion that leaders thrive during tough times. Nobody wants to go through adversity, but it's inevitable. Nobody is perfect. So if you are, in fact, a leader of a a multi-billion dollar organization, and that organization is going through some rough periods, as the Jets currently are, this is your opportunity to shine. This is your opportunity to provide hope. And we've talked about this before as well, Scott. Jet fans want to believe in Joe Douglas. They don't have much hope to cling to. He is probably the only person that they can say, hey, you know what, we don't know enough about this guy. Uh, you know, maybe he can pull us out of this mess. So they want to be on his side. You can't fall silent. That, that's the exact wrong approach. And this is such an easy decision for uh, Joe Douglas. This is a, a way for him to strategically distance himself from Adam Gates because the longer Joe Douglas remains quiet, the longer people continue to attach him to Gates. The longer that he is attached to Gates, the, the more pungent the stink and the stain. So to me, from a public relations standpoint, this is such an easy move. You cut Le'Veon Bell. Uh, it's at night, technically. I think that's when... Uh, they made the, the move public as an organization after they couldn't trade him. But the following day, the following morning, you know, you hold a conference call. You hold some kind of media session in which you explain that decision and you talk about the current state of affairs with this team. And that would score so many points from a public relations standpoint. And that could also help you explain your decision. Because right now, all we know is uh, they cut Le'Veon Bell. And the, the reason obvious, is obvious, you know, he and Gase did not get along because Gase wasn't uh, honest with him, and you get Gase's position, and Gase is trying to pawn it off and say, we're focused on the next game, blah, blah, blah. 
But you don't have Joe Douglas's position other than some canned statement that he probably didn't even write that the team released on Tuesday night. Uh, so it's, to me, it's, it's leadership 101. Things aren't going well. Uh, your fan base is angry. You know, they, they want explanations. They want a, the head coach fired. Just go out there, talk for 10 minutes, explain your position. And Joe Douglas is a fairly even-keeled guy. He's got a calm disposition. So I think he could handle this fairly easily. I just don't understand this notion of continuing to hide. Why doesn't the general manager just come out and talk? And it's not, it's not enough and it's not acceptable to say, well, he only speaks during the bye week. Because he spoke a couple days after trading Jamal Adams to explain that. Now, there's some details in his explanation that weren't necessarily accurate. But regardless of that, he got his position out. And I respect that. And I respect that when things aren't going well, uh, you're, you're out in front. Because we have not heard from Joe Douglas. And waiting, uh, what, another, another month or so uh, at the bye week, that's not good enough. When you cut Le'Veon Bell six weeks into the season after your head coach waxes poetic about how he is going to use him more effectively, uh, when you fall silent after cutting him, after trying to trade him, by the way, this is his first go-around as a general manager, he's not going anywhere. He's going to have an opportunity to hire his own head coach. He's going to have an opportunity to hit the reset button and to hopefully get things back on course. So I don't understand why he is apprehensive of coming out and being critical of the head coach. You don't have to throw the head coach under the bus. There's an artful, smart way of doing it, but you have to be accountable because he is accountable for this mess on some level. I don't think he's the biggest culprit, but I think he has not supplied his head coach or his defensive coordinator with sufficient talent this offseason. There's a number of reasons for that, partly you know, just bad decision-making, partly financial fi- fi- finance-based, which is above his head, Regardless, he has to share some culpability and publicly talk about this mess instead of just saying, well, I'll get back to you in another five weeks or so. In fairness to Joe Douglas, you and I don't see eye to eye entirely on everything that you were just saying. I think that this offseason is going to really tell a lot about where the team is headed with Joe Douglas as general manager. And I think that there are a ton of people that are way ahead of him in terms of blame for what's going on with the team right now. I will say, though, that I do think you're right. There are clever ways that he can start distancing himself from Adam Gase, and that's one thing that he really should try to do. It's the savvy thing, and it's also something that will show people that he's prepared to bring this team to a higher level once Gase is gone. So we'll see how he handles this going forward. Manish Mehta covering the Jets for the New York Daily News. Appreciate you coming on as always. What do you got going on in the Daily News? Because we're leading into week number seven, a matchup against the Buffalo Bills, the rematch from week number one. I'm sure you've got plenty that you're going to be working on this week. Well, the Bills are reeling, right? They were the toast of the town after the first month, and Josh Allen has struggled recently. Uh, I'll say what I said in the run-up to the Dolphin game, which is I think the Jets actually can uh, make some hay in the run game. So I'll I'll look into that. Uh, Obviously, uh, the Jets don't have anywhere close to the explosive offense that the Chiefs have, so I wouldn't expect nearly 250 yards on the ground like Kansas City did on Monday night against Buffalo. But this Buffalo defense is vulnerable. I, I don't believe that the Jets are going to win. Let me get that out of the way. But I do think there's some, you know, some good things potentially 
that Adam Gates, believe it or not, could actually do against his Buffalo defense on Sunday. If Manish was a betting man, he certainly wouldn't be betting on the New York Jets to win this game. We know that. But if you want to bet on the Jets to win this game or you want to bet on the Bills, make sure you visit our friends over at MyBookie. You've got the NFL, college football, Major League Baseball playoffs going on. No shortage of games to watch and with thousands of lines available on all your favorite sports and events, you can turn the games you watch into a payday with MyBookie. Sign up at MyBookie and when you do use the promo code OVERTIME and claim a deposit match dollar for dollar all the way up to 1000 bucks. It's a bonus designed to give you a little help and a head start on your winning season. Promo code OVERTIME and claim that bonus when you make your first deposit over at MyBookie. Before we run, just wanted to remind you to follow Manish on Twitter and read his work over in the Daily News. And if you haven't given us a five-star review on iTunes, if you could go ahead and do that for us, really appreciate it. Easy way to help out the show if you like what we're doing. Doesn't take you much time, doesn't cost you any money, but it goes a long way to help us out. So if you could go ahead and do that for us, we'd be quite grateful. And for the latest and greatest in New York Jets podcasts, you know where to go. That's Turn on the Jets Digital and TurnOnTheJets.com. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18. Plus. It's time for today's Lucky Land horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say, your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.